0: Well, we're concluding our series on this uh, Easter Sunday. Uh, For the season of Lent, we've been going through a series. And we've been examining uh, what is known as the seven words of Jesus Christ through Lent. And uh, today is the last day. We're looking at the seventh word of Jesus Christ. And for that, we're looking at Luke chapter 23, verses 44 through 46. So... If I'm going to ask you to read it out loud with me in one voice together. okay? Luke 23, through 46 Let's read this together. Ready? Go. It was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he has said this, he breathed his last. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time once again. And as we continue in our worship by opening up your word and, and, and availing ourselves um, to your spirit um, through your word, God, we ask that you would not only move in this room freely, but really grab a hold of each one of our hearts to see and know and experience and, 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 and taste and see that you are good, Lord. Fill us with hope, fill us with joy, and fill us with your strength as we uh, open up your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And so once again, we've been looking at what is known as the seven words of Jesus on the cross. And I'm just going to very quickly quickly recap this so the first sunday we looked at father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing and of course we talked about god's forgiveness right this is the first word that is recorded in the gospels jesus says that jesus says father forgive them for they do not know what they're doing and then uh, the week after that we looked at uh, luke 23 43 truly i say to you Today you will be with me in paradise. And on that Sunday, we, I don't know if you recall, we actually talked about um, not missing out. We talked about the thieves, right? They were hanging on both sides of Jesus. And, and really uh, one of the thieves um, uh, kind of because of the bitterness and all of this, you know, uh, and twisted worldview, you know, uh, having you know, missing out on the offer of this incredible uh, salvation. As so we talked about that and, and we looked at woman, behold your son, son, behold your mother from John nineteen twenty six. Um, and we talked about the fact that Jesus here was instituting a new family of faith, new community of faith, right, that 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 goes beyond uh, earthly um, ties. And so he established a new community of faith at the cross. And of course, then we looked at, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Our brother who's not here, Ang, uh, shared this word with us and um, um, Oh no! It, it, Mitch spoke this right? Yeah, Mitch. Yeah, about right, that. Mitch shared this word with us, and uh, and really, something incredible that happened on the cross as Jesus suffered the consequences of, of, of sin and for the brokenness for us, and and on the cross, uh, something incredible that changed everything happened. And the week after that, Ang shared with us on John nineteen twenty eight uh, that short verse. I. Thirst. and we talked about the length that God went through to identify with us in our sufferings and and, and we looked at uh, in incarnation and, and how God came to be with us and and, and really identified us to a point of, of that basic need of thirst where he said I thirst and of, and a few days ago on Good Friday we looked at John 1930 and meditated on this uh, where Jesus says it is finished the work on the cross was finished. His mission to save us accomplished. And we come to the last word that is recorded in the gospel uh, that is a tribute to Jesus. And we come to uh, our text today in Luke and it says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And that is the last word we will look at briefly this morning together. Now, Unless your Bible um, has a little footnote or something like that, uh, most of us uh, would miss the fact that Jesus was quoting a psalm from the Old Testament. A psalm of David uh, uh, where we're, uh, David says, into your hands I commit my spirit. Now, of course, the difference, major difference is that um, David just says, into your hands I commit my spirit. Uh, but Jesus here says, says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Uh, spirit Um, and jesus is quoting like i said uh, from the psalm where david was in trouble he finds himself and he was in trouble a lot of times right if you know anything about david he was constantly in trouble and he was you know on the run for a long time as well um and and and, and in, in this time of uh, just just being on the run and and, and people constantly being after him. Um, he offered up the psalm and, and he was crying out to God and 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 he was asking for deliverance. David was asking God to come and rescue him from where he was in this time of trouble, right? And, and, and he said, God, you are my refuge, you are my shelter, you need to come and rescue me. And in that moment he was saying, I, I, I give my spirit to you, I commit my spirit to you, come rescue me. Psalm 30 five into your hands I commit my spirit, redeem me, O Lord, the God of truth. And so of course we would miss this, right? I mean Bible is look how many pages there are, right? Um, and, uh, uh, but Jesus um, here is quoting uh, this psalm and you know on the surface, it, it looks like a word for word, exact the same thing of course, except for the address that Jesus gives to God as saying, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit, and in preparation, you know I, I noticed one of the commentators he, he made this observation that there is something very different in these two cries here. One is the psalm in the Old Testament where David says, "Into your hands I commit my spirit. The other one we 're looking at today is Jesus on the cross, on the verge of dying he 's saying, "Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, besides the Father part. What is different here? What he noticed was that David was committing his spirit to God in life. Okay, meaning David was asking for deliverance in life right now. Okay, I'm in trouble. These people are trying to kill me. I'm on the run, and you know, you are my shelter. You are my refuge. You know, Lord, deliver me. I give my spirit to you. Rescue me right now. Whereas Jesus Christ on the cross. He was committing his life, he was committing his spirit to God in death. Do you see the difference here? Jesus wasn't actually asking God, his father, to come and rescue him, take him off the cross and rescue him and deliver him there. But he was saying, as I die, as I leave this world, as I stop breathing, as I experience physical death, I commit my spirit to you. And I think this is such a profound uh, truth that we need to understand and be able to grasp here. David is saying, Lord, I'm in trouble. Help me, rescue me. They, uh, God, uh, Jesus is saying the same thing, Into your hands I come in my spirit, but he's committing his spirit to God in death. I would say that most of our prayers, including my own, is more like David's prayer, right? I'm sick. Lord, heal me. I'm in trouble financially. So you got you to gotta sort this out for me. I need this right now, right? Oh, you know, I, I'm in trouble with my family. We're having relationship problems, you know, in my family. It's like I hate my family. You know, Lord, help me. How to deal with this. I'm having problem with bitterness, forgiveness, or whatever, you know. And we're constantly praying, Lord, you're my refuge. You're my shelter. I come in my spirit to you. Lord, deliver me right now. Rescue me. Change. Fix something right now, Right? Most of our prayers are concerned with here and now, right? Our life right now. And rightly so because we live here, right? I got to go to sleep tonight. I got to wake up tomorrow morning. I got to face another day. I got I to gotta do what I have to do every day. Right? So most of our prayers are concerned with here and now. However, we lose sight of the fact that in, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, if you look at the big picture, here and now is a very, very small part of the whole picture. And what we see is that David is praying for rescue and deliverance right now, whereas Jesus is not praying for that. He's saying, as I, as I die, I commit my spirit to you. And when we realize that here and now, even though it seems so big to us right now, that in the big picture, it's, a, it's such a small part. It's a tiny, tiny part of that big picture that should cause us to live our life differently here. Parents do a lot of uh, different things, I I see, I mean, we just baptized Elizabeth today, but, you know, uh, we do a lot of things the way we do uh, with our kids, because we know, especially uh, when they're young, right, we know that, and most of you are familiar with this, that the first two years of of a child is extremely critical, right? Uh, I I heard that um, uh, our personality is pretty much developed, you know, before we hit the age of two, right? Um, and so it's, uh, you know, the way we talk to them, the way we uh, sing lullabies to them, the way we school them, the way we interact with them, the way we even feed them food, you know, all these things, right? Um, and when I think about this, I get really, like, stressed out because that's, you know, it's so much pressure. But, you know, uh, th- it's, a lot of people know, and psychologists and, and child psychologists, a lot of people say first two years are so critical, Right? Why is it? Are the first two years critical for the sake of first two years? Why? Why are those two years so critical for uh, the development of, of of a child, of a person? Because those we know as parents, those first two years are very important, but very small part of the rest of this child's life, right? Okay. So that informs us. That changes. That influences how we interact with our kids. I've already. I mean, my, two of my older kids are here, but, you know, I've already messed up so much. And so, you know, and they'll be the first ones to tell you that probably, you know. So if they turn out good, and I think they have, um, you know, it's really by the grace of God. Uh, definitely not me. Um, but, you know, we do, we, we uh, invest so much into doing things right the first two years of their lives. Because we know that this is the beginning. This is a part of something even bigger after and jesus point the the prayer at the point of death on the cross lets us know that life will continue after physical death and at point of death he was looking ahead to the next part of his life hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 fixing our eyes on jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith and he says for the joy set before him He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He was there. The here and now for Christ at that moment was torture and suffering and pain and rejection and abandonment. But for the joy that was set before him beyond that point of death, beyond physical death, beyond that here and now, he saw the joy that was waiting for him, and that joy is for eternity. And so he endured the cross You know, I don't, I don't know why I think this is funny, but I think, uh, I don't know, including myself, we all live as if we're going to live forever physically, right? Um, do I, Do you know how I know that? Because we never really think about death, right? For my, my own mortality. And some of us with really dark, you know, personalities, maybe you do think about death all the time. I mean, even as, as you know, um, uh, I don't know jaded as I am, you know, um, I don't think about my own death all the time, you know, and, and we live as if that's uh, something that's very far down the line, right? And for every single person, every single person, there is a moment, right? Every single person, no matter uh, how old you are, how young you are, no matter how much you think about death or not think about death, there is a moment when the, the, the physical death becomes becomes a, 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 a very, you know, a very clear reality for us. It, it crosses over from a distant, vague, this concept, death. I'm going to stop breathing. And, you know, some of us who are into philosophy would like to talk about what does it mean to die? You know, does our conscience live on? You know can we transfer our, our conscience onto AI and then you know can we just live on does that mean we're living or whatever right We, we could talk about all these things you know or not think about it at all but there is a moment when all of that sort of vague concept and, and, and philosophical discussion um, across over from uh, this vague sort of thought to uh, this thing that's screaming in your face and staring right at you okay and, and, and says, hey, I'm real. I'm for real. Death is here. It is a real thing. It it is reality. You know, Benjamin Franklin, uh, I know April, it's April. uh, uh, What's due in April? Taxes, right? Benjamin Franklin uh, once famously said, apparently he was quoting somebody else, but we, we, uh, you know, we uh, remember him for saying this. That nothing can be said to be certain except for death and taxes right you probably heard that before right so in this world there's nothing is certain because i guess they were celebrating the the constitution and this is oh this is gonna be great it's gonna you know really but you know all even this uh it's not certain the only things certain in this life are death and taxes and we all know that is true right um but tax we know we have to deal with it every single year right every single year right but death we Either choose not to think about it or we forget about it or we kind of romanticize it or we, we think about it as this concept of until that moment for every single person. Something happens in your life to, to somebody in your family, somebody that you love or to yourself. And then that becomes a real thing. As most of you know, you know, we were obviously devastated when we found out uh, last year uh, that Grace was diagnosed with stage 3 cancer of the tongue, right? Most of you know, you know, we all pray for her and you all pray for us. And um, the meal train had been amazing. So thank you for that. By the way, I want to publicly say that Uh, every Monday, Wednesday at the church. Came together and, and uh, you know brought us uh, food and, and 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 so we're really thankful for that. But you know, last year, right around Thanksgiving time, when we first found out about uh, Grace's cancer, we were devastated. I, you know, I didn't. You know, um, how do you how do you respond to something like that, right? And and, and I, I think most of you, in different ways, in your family, you've dealt with probably similar things, um, but obviously, it just came out of nowhere you know every every time we saw different doctor or nurses, they kept saying, "Do you smoke you know um I'm like no, no, and they were just you know they were confused as to why she had it and and so much that uh eventually one of the doctors just said, "You're just unlucky <laughs> you' just you know there's no reason why you should have this you just you just got it you know um and uh um of course, because of that, you know, we had to have surgery. She she had surgery. Uh, um, surgery lasted like, uh, how long was it? It was all day, like 12 hours. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Like, like eight hours or something, like 10, close to 10 hours. And, you know, she recovered and radiation started. And praise the Lord, on Good Friday, she finished six weeks of radiation, you know, every day. She went every day for uh, 30 treatments, you know, for six weeks, you know and and i don 't i we couldn 't have planned it like this, but Good Friday you know she was done with radiation, so praise the Lord for that um, and 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 you know uh, the recovery comes but um in the beginning, we were just dumbfounded and just trying to process what in the world was happening to her and and and, 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 and you know, as many of you also know that Grace and I you know we like to uh, spend time in the evenings uh, at night uh, worshiping at home you know. Um, uh, not every day, but uh, pretty often you know sometimes kids come out and say, "Your piano is too loud. can you turn it down? you know um, yeah, you know, they need to know Jesus more, but you know um, yeah, <laughs> but we we worship and you know things like that and um, and, and and in the beginning when we 're trying before surgery after diagnosis and before surgery that in between time we we're trying to, we didn't know what was going on you know. Um, and we're singing uh, different worship songs, and one of the songs we're singing it was, it was like kind of this uh, combination of different psalms of David, and and uh, and it was a Korean praise song actually. Yeah, but when we worship, sometimes we sing Chinese songs, we sing English songs, we sing we sing whatever you know we feel like singing. This happened to be a Korean song, and and in the, the chorus, um, uh, when something like um, uh, uh, what was it? Where is it? Oh yeah, it's just like the psalm that we just read. In my journey, the Lord in my in this journey of life, the Lord is my my shelter, my refuge, and only in Him I find rest. And one day He will welcome me when I ho- when I'm home. He will welcome me when I'm home, right? I mean, this is a very um, uh, common sort of phrase that that are in uh, in the psalms and also in, in a lot of praise songs, right? Until that day, until that day. And at and, and any other times, I think we just would have sung it without really, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, that's nice. You know, again, like uh, what I was saying about death, you know, how we just think about it as this concept. Uh, you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's nice. It's comforting, you know, think, to think that he's my refuge, he's my shelter. And, oh, one day when, you know, I'm done here, I'll be, I'll be at home with the Lord, you know. But that night, obviously, things were different. We had been praying for healing. We had been praying for whatever, you know, we could, we could pray for uh, so that... Uh, you know somehow things will change you know but obviously it wasn't things weren't changing Um, and uh, we didn't know what was going to happen and doctors were saying you know we we really have to uh, cut her up and and then we'll know exactly how bad it was even with the scan and all that and and in fact after the surgery they they said it was a lot bigger than we had thought it was really big um, the tumor and so but at this point we didn't know any of that and and at that at, at that moment it was one of those moments uh, that I just said, where death becomes crosses over from being this sort of a concept to a reality, right? It becomes a real thing. It, it is a real possibility now, right? And so when we were singing this song, uh, we realized that 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 one line, that home, Lord, you will uh, when when I'm done with my journey that I have in this life. You will welcome me home with your arms open. We realize we it just hit both of us that that you know uh, as much as death is a reality, this home that we're looking forward to our true home uh being with our God for all eternity it isn't some abstract theological concept, but it is a reality that that, that we don 't sing you know it 's not something that we just sing about and 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 If I say chicken soup for the soul, do you guys all get that reference? Yeah, okay. You know, our hearts aren't just made like warm and fuzzy in a chicken soup for the soul sort of way. But it is this real thing, real place where we would go to be with our God the Father upon our physical death. And that's where our hope is to be, not here. And strangely enough, in that moment, our singing of home truly became a confession not only of hope, but it became our longing for it. In that place of brokenness, both physically and emotionally, and being helpless, we were no longer singing with the desire for God to heal us. This is very important. We weren't praying at that point anymore for God to heal us. But we were praying with this yearning, this longing to be at home with the Lord we stopped. We didn't pray for that because it was such an overwhelming reality that things were broken. You couldn't deny it. You know, you, you couldn't not think about it, or you, you couldn't just kind of, you know, sugarcoat it and, and just keep praying. Oh, you know, uh, just do something, Lord, and, and change it. And 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 that's natural. We pray for that, obviously, but we got to a point where, oh, things aren't changing. Right, it became this reality that you cannot avoid. And when we're singing that song, we realize a lot of times when we sing refuge, when we sing shelter, deliver, Lord, rescue me, we're praying for here and now. We're praying that God will deliver me from my plight that I find myself in right now. This mess that I've placed myself in or, or I found myself in somehow. Or whatever it is that I'm dealing with. We're praying that God will deliver me. Say, change that right now. But you realize that our hope, even though that may not happen here on this side of life. That our real hope is to be on our life with God after our physical death for all eternity. And in that place of pain, just intermingled with hope, you know, um, she kept saying, "Oh man, you know." She kept saying, "I want to go home. I want to go home." <laughs> you know, of course, we're singing at home, but of course, she was. She wasn't singing. Uh, she wasn't saying, "I want to go home," as in, "I want to be home." Um, she was saying, "I want to. I want to be home with the Lord." You know, here's the thing. The irony of all this is that hope and faith in the true, true home with God is what helps us to face death. And pain here and now despite not being delivered from it. Last week we had the missionaries uh, come from Indonesia and share with us and they shared with I don't know was, uh, some of you were here, you know, they're sharing some of the miracles that they had witnessed and, and pray for healing and, and people getting healed and, and praying for someone who was demon possessed and, and just demons coming out of them and being freed and, and you know, and I've experienced just a very few times where I, I pray for physical healing and it actually happened. You know, but these are very I'm very depressed to say this, but they're very far and few in between. You know, I wish it happened every time. You know, I, that Bernie comes to me, I pray for him, and 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 he'll be healed of whatever. You know, Grace. Of course, we're praying for healing for her. You know, people are praying that Grace will grow a new tongue. You don't think I, I sincerely pray for that? You don't think she sincerely believed that when she said Amen, Amen to those prayers? Sometimes God heals supernaturally, and a lot of times it, we don't see it, right? If our hope is, is, is based on what we see here and now, on the results of my prayers when I say, God, do this, do that. And if it doesn't happen, then you, your hope is not really based on something that will last. What we see here on the cross as Jesus is dying, giving out his last breath. He says, into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. We see that life goes on after this Life here after we physically die, that life goes on. And he's showing us that our hope is in the life after. Of course, we live, begin uh, that life now, right? But the death that we're so afraid of, we are no no longer to be afraid of it because our hope is not here. But it is for there. And the text says that at that moment the curtain in the temple was torn in the middle and the other gospels record that it was ripped from top to bottom, not bottom to top. And you know, and the barrier that only the high priest could uh, break through once a year—you know, having purified himself, cleansed himself, and and being deathly afraid of, of, of dying—you know—he would go into the holy of holies to offer you know, sacrifice on behalf of Israel and for all people. You know that 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 uh, barrier was broken. It was ripped from top to bottom. You know, from heaven to earth, as Jesus died in our place, forgiving our sins and restoring the broken community between one another and with God through His sacrificial death. I don't think I've ever said this 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 bluntly before. But do you know that you're gonna die, Barney? You know that you're gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Does do you know you're gonna? Yeah, Eric, you're gonna you're gonna die. Dave, you're gonna. Yeah. Do you really? Zen, do you know you're gonna die? You don't know you're gonna. (laughs) Howard, do you know you're gonna die? Will they? Yeah. Ask myself the same question. You know, am I gonna die? Yeah, I'm gonna die. Do I feel like it right now? No. You know, I would like to put it (laughs) off as far as possible. You know, but we're gonna die. We're all gonna die. Get that through your thick skulls. We're all going to die. Facing death, when death comes knocking at your door, will you be able to pray, Father, into Your hands I commit my spirit. And knowing that truth, even before death comes knocking at your door, when we still have this life here, can we live every day? Can you live every day praying this prayer, saying, Father, today, this day, I commit. My spirit into your hands. And I choose to live this day in light of what is to come. Because this day is so big, it's, it's so gigantic, it's so in my face, it's so huge. And I can't really see anything else. But I know that this is only a small part of what is to come. And so Lord, I commit my spirit into your hands. So give me the strength to live this day knowing that this big thing I see in front of my eyes. Whatever it be, sickness, depression, trouble, you know, whatever problems and and issues you might be having. Help me not to live as if that is everything. And that is it. That is the end. Can you pray that prayer each day? Do you have that? see the joy that jesus saw on the cross at the peak of his suffering that allowed him to endure the cross let's go to the lord in prayer